Welcome to the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast with Dr. Lance Miller. Each week, we bring you interviews with the top minds in the orthodontic profession in order to heighten your expertise, boost your motivation, and raise your skills. Join us as we help doctors take their practices and their lives to the next level. And now, here's your host, Dr. Lance Miller. Hi, I want to welcome you to the first episode of the Elevate Orthodontic Podcast. I'm Lance, and I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to tune in and listen to what we have to say. I'm really excited to launch this podcast for orthodontists and to be able to introduce you to some amazing guests. Right off the bat, I want to be very clear that I'm not an expert or guru in orthodontics. Probably my only qualification to host this podcast is that I love learning about orthodontics and sharing what I can with others. I'll take a minute to introduce myself. I live and work in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, which is in the southwest corner of the state. It's about two hours from Boston. I'm the owner of a three-location orthodontic practice, which I purchased in 2011. I really enjoy my practice, our team, and our amazing patients. I've certainly made a lot of mistakes as a practice owner and as an orthodontist, but I also feel very invigorated when I think about what I've learned over the last six years. I attended dental school at the University of North Carolina, and I completed my orthodontic training at St. Louis University, both of which were great programs. I love to ski with my family, and I play the piano and the organ. I feel incredibly lucky to be an orthodontist, and one of the best parts for me has been connecting with so many amazing colleagues and experts in our field. The idea for a podcast has been on my mind for a while. I'm a big fan of podcasts, and I like to listen to them when I'm working out or when I'm driving in the car. I enjoy business and dental podcasts, but I've always wanted to listen to orthodontists. Since I couldn't find an orthodontic podcast, I decided to start one. I've spent the last month or so learning about microphones and recording software, launching a website and an iTunes feed, and I'm sure there's going to be glitches along the way, and my interviewing style probably needs some work but I am so enthusiastic about the content we can deliver through this medium and the people that I have lined up for you to get to know. I think it's going to work out great. I'm cautiously optimistic. I have a few goals for the podcast. One is I want to connect you, the listener, with guests who can provide tangible increases in your knowledge, in your judgment, and your clinical skills, not only knowing what needs to be done, but when it needs to be applied and how to do it. And I think there's some wisdom that goes along with that knowledge that we acquire. Another thing is to provide some motivational and inspirational empowerment. I want you to have a proactive style of personal leadership and management. I want you to stop making excuses and crushing it. Whatever your goals are, I hope you can find some inspiration here to help achieve them. Third, I want to recognize the critical importance of some of these softer skills leadership, customer service, personal management, while not forgetting the logistical details of scheduling and financial and the nuts and bolts of orthodontic practice. And lastly, I want to create a community of engaged listeners and guests, which can lead to rewarding relationships and professional camaraderie. In that vein, I've created a group on Facebook called the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast, where you will be able to discuss the latest episodes with your colleagues and ask questions of the guests we have on the show. And so I'd encourage you to go on Facebook and check that out. Each week, I'm committed to bringing you an interview with a guest that I think will make a difference in your orthodontic practice or your personal life. I'll also include at the beginning of each episode a short segment of my own thoughts, ramblings, tips, and book reviews, which I hope you find useful. 
Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or other podcasting services so you don't miss any episodes and to let me know that this is reaching you. Also, check out our website at elevateorthodonticpodcast.com. Okay, on with the show. Here's our first episode. Okay, so for today's tip of the week, I want to ask the question, are there gaps in your finances? I hope so. In this case, I'm not talking about oversights or holes in your planning. I'm talking about two gaps that will help you reduce your stress and help you reach your financial goals. First, there needs to be a gap between your practice income and your practice expenses. This seems obvious, but many practices fight this battle every month. While there will be some ups and downs in your practice finances, in orthodontics, we have the advantage that most of our patient fees are paid monthly over time, which smooths out our income. You should try to smooth out your expenses as well, avoiding big month-to-month shocks. Don't overspend on unneeded or ill-timed practice purchases, and also don't take such a large salary that you put a strain on your practice finances. I realize that this advice is harder to follow in a new or startup practice where income is lower and more irregular. However, you should strive to reach this level of financial control as soon as possible. Second, once your paycheck leaves the practice account and arrives in your personal account, another gap should exist between your household income and your household spending. If there's no gap, you have no means to build wealth or progress towards financial independence. If there's no gap, I submit that as an orthodontist, you probably have a spending problem and not an income problem. On a graph, I would envision my practice income as a wavy line, hopefully trending upwards, and my household spending as a more even line, much lower down on the chart. One of the secrets of success in business is to always keep a healthy gap between the amount your business is earning and the amount you need to spend at home. Don't ever let your personal spending put pressure on management or, even worse, clinical decisions in your practice. Likewise, protect your family by always living on a fraction of your income, thereby buffering them from the ups and downs of your practice. As always, you can find these tips on the blog section of our website, elevateorthopodcast.com. Dr. Neil Kravitz received his undergraduate degree from Columbia University, where he also played for the Columbia Lions football team. He received his doctorate in dental medicine at the University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine, where he graduated as valedictorian and completed his ortho residency at the University of Illinois in Chicago. He's been published in the AJODO, the WCO, WJO, JADA, Angle Orthodontics. Dr. Kravitz has lectured throughout the country and internationally on modern advancements in orthodontics and has been featured in Orthodontic Products and Orthotown Magazine. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kravitz. How are you doing today? Doing great. I'm excited. Thanks for coming on, Neil. We're, we're excited to, to have you here. What position uh, did you play on the Columbia football team? <laughs> I was a place kicker. Place kicker. Okay, yeah. I think I've yeah. I think I've seen uh, on your Facebook something about kicking. So I, I, that was my suspicion here. Uh, you're watching the game today. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Pats today. 
Okay, good. Me too. So that's good. Great. You know, when I sat down to kind of sketch out our, our initial episodes, and, and you're you're our first guest on the show here, I knew I wanted to interview you because, you know, I'm, I'm just so impressed with your handle on both the business and clinical aspects of practice. And I think a lot of people who follow you online or have seen you lecture uh, know that uh, in addition to operating this thriving orthodontic practice, you're constantly developing and sharing techniques and, and, and best practices. And I guess my first question that I know that our, that our audience probably has is, is how, how do you fit all of this in, into your life? Yeah. Listen, I, I love what I do. I, I really do. I, I really feel, and I, I think many, many orthodontists feel this way. Uh, I, I really love my job and it is, it is fun for me to work on it and to be at work and, and to be able to share. Um, so uh, I have a lot of energy. I, I really try to, to, uh, to do a lot in the day. I, I actually feel uh, um, happiest when I'm being productive. And um, so, but you know, every day I keep a simple plan. I just make a little to-do list on a, I have a, um, a simple a three by five um, post-it pad that I, I, I use every day. And I just, uh, I put down about 10 items that I want to get done, uh, starting with um, the banking that I have to do for each of the offices. Uh, I want to spend a few minutes on Facebook I want to go through my Invisalign clean checks, and I just kind of knock out my to-do list, and uh, it's a big part of trying to get through uh, the things that I want to do during the day. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know I think it's it's amazing how how you kind of are so engaged all the time. I feel that way, but maybe like on like a like a much lower level. Like I love what I do. I don't know you know that I quite have have the energy <laughs> and stamina. You know, like you're talking about ten things on a to do list. Like I I've done that. I've made like a three by five card. I put like three things on it and I get like the easiest done, you know, and then like the other two just like sit on my car all day. I know. Well, but, but I'll tell you though, the, the, like the Facebook stuff that, that, that's been going along and you see these great sites from, you know, orthodontic exchange to pragmatic orthodontics to, to ortho 101 and pro ortho. This is a big part of my life. I, I am, I am constantly on it and uh, I actually make it a daily to do to, to at least do something on it or to read on it. So I, I, I can't tell you it's, as important as as doing my banking or doing my Invisalign clean checks is to at least make sure that I, I spend some time a day. Even I try to do it first thing, but to make sure I'm at least doing a little bit each day on online. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's great. So you know, are there are there tips? I mean, you, you so you, you've got your you got your index card. Are there other tips that you have for people to, who are trying to fit a lot into uh, you know their schedule? Just routine, right? Just routine. No different than hitting the gym every day or anything you do. So uh, it, it's it's actually quite stressful if I can't do those things that I'm used to doing each day, even even if I'm on vacation or on, on lecture. Or um, I, I like to do my banking first thing. I like to to get that workout out in the morning first thing. I like to go through my clean checks first thing. So so th- that to-do list is, is a pretty routine list for me. And actually, if I'm ever stressed in the morning, it's when, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to get to that list right away. Because it's once once the day starts, you know this, uh, it's hard to get caught up on those things. So um, I'm very productive early in the morning before the day gets going. And I really try to hammer out the administrative part of a, the office. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I I know exactly what you mean, and I've that, like it is that early morning time so critical. If if you can like make use of it, if you can actually harness it, because I do the same thing. Like if I don't get stuff done, then the day starts, and then it's it's like at dinner I have this conversation where you know I'm kind of frustrated, and my wife's like, well, 
you know, what'd you do today? And I feel like I, did, I didn't do anything. She's yeah, like, well, yeah, well, yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah. Didn't, she's like, didn't you see like 90 patients? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I had all these things I needed you, to do. You got, you got that one hour before the office starts and that, that's, that's, that's it, you know. Uh, and yeah, I get it. I definitely yeah. get it. I definitely get it. So, you know, a lot of orthodontists are, you know, working four days a week, three days a week, two days a week. You know, what what drives you to kind of be at this all the time? I mean, do you have a, a motivation to, to be that engaged that many days of the week? Well, you know, listen, I, I, I really do. I really love what I do. Um, this is, is something that's really very enjoyable uh, for me. And um, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy uh, being here, being able to share uh, things that I've learned, mistakes that I've made. Um, it's it's very cathartic for me. It's I, I definitely hope that if there is <laughs> there is some type of legacy that I could leave or be known for, it is someone who has really tried to help uh, try to help people. Re- really, it's very important to me. So um, I love being at work. I love. I, um, I I really do uh, enjoy being at the office and and trying to do something very special. It's not just about making money. Uh, that's actually right. um, uh, our our office really has kind of grown because that has never really been our main focus. Um, so. Uh, being at the office is—it's it's in my blood. I, I'd love to tell you, it's—it's—it's—it's um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just really intrinsic for me. I'm someone who, um, you know, even if there was uh, the office was only open three days a week, I'd probably still be at that empty office getting some work done. It's just yeah. who I am, and it's just how I'm wired. That's awesome. So, tell our audience a little bit about your paths you, since you finished your residency. Like, how did you get from sure. you know finishing ortho to where you are today? So I, I opened up right away on my own um, after residency, and while I was building the office, I worked in a corporation, a small corporation office, a corporation that had about 25 or 26 offices or grew to about that number. Uh, so for about seven years, um, I worked in both a corporation and in my private practice, which eventually grew to two other private practices. Um, so I had a real interesting experience. I, I really learned um, business, whether it was appropriate business or not. I learned that aspect of it. I learned uh, the corporate world very closely. I learned about speed and money and customer service. I don't think I realized that you, you know, did that you know, associateship for, for that amount of time. Yeah, so, so I, I was working there a lot, and, and what, what I did was as, as my private offices grew, I, I would work less and less and less in the corporate offices. Right. But, you know, in many ways, that corporate office was run just like a private practice for me, and uh, I was given that freedom at least while it was still under the smaller corporation at Nybauer. And, uh, you know, so I, I treated it like I would treat my own office, and uh, it became uh, hard to leave the office. And once it got purchased by a larger corporation, it became a little easier. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, is there, you know, you, you, you obviously opened your own practice and, and, you know, today you run the successful practice. It, would you say that there's a kind of a specific mindset or strategy that really sets, you know, Kravitz orthodontics apart and, and that you feel is, is responsible for the success that you've had? It's the best question you could ask, man. It, it, it's 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 such a part of who we are, and we are different than. And the advice that I give, Lance, is so different than what you hear being out there in consultants. Um, uh, listen, we are a happy, hardworking, affordable place. We are a place that is going to put ethics above everything. We are a place that is going to put. Um, 
conservative care and honesty and integrity above everything. You know, I, 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 and even I, you know, when I look at how I lectured coming out of residency or my first few years on the job or even how I approached consultations, I really had this approach of close the consult now, do it now, give the discount now, now is this, this has to happen today. And I would mark it with methods of trying uh, not to be the biggest, baddest guy. That wasn't enough. I, I tried to simply annihilate everybody. <laughs> and, and, I, I do, and I look back and I just, I cringe. I, I, I really uh, am unhappy of, how, of who that person was. And I'm not, I, some of it was because of my training in this corporation. And I, I really had to almost rewire myself, which, was, which took some self-reflection. But I really believe our growth in our, of our office comes down to our core values. And I believe that we have this staying power, and I keep going into this word momentum. If you hear me speak, you know I use that word a lot. Yeah. Where, where the first question I ask people is, how did you hear about us uh, in a consultation? And the only answer that I want to hear from them is, how could we not hear about you? And, and when, when we start doing that, we're doing the right thing. And people have really learned uh, to understand that we are not going to pressure them. We are not going to sell them. The greatest consults in the world are when I look the pair in the eye and say, listen, uh, we're in a good spot here. We can go this way. Or we don't have to go this way, and, and there's pros and cons to each to each approach, and and we're very frank and honest, and you could only do that. I have to be frank if you have a lot of consults, so you don't right. feel pressure to to you know if you're walking into that consult going, I gotta close this person, I gotta close this person to pay my bills and to hit my goals. You're gonna start treating people that don't need to be treated, and you're gonna start treating people who are not great candidates for orthodontics um, because they are emotionally or physically not ready for braces. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with that. And, and I've tr tried to set myself up in, in my personal spending and how that relates to my practice life in a way that those things are not connected because I can't imagine having that sort of pressure. Or I've got to meet payroll or I've got to pay on my boat or, you know, something that, that then is impacting the way that I'm talking to a patient or, but, or in a consult. I mean, that, that would be kind of a terrible but, situation. To be but in. you've heard me say this. Listen to the companies that are out there nowadays. You see the companies that have these, things in the waiting room with videos played or or patient reward gifts or or you know these types of incentives and these types of smoke and mirrors and people are putting fancy coffee bars and and people are doing I'm gonna tell you something man so giveaways the giveaways none of that stuff matters okay none of that stuff matters you need to be professional you need to have a clean office and you need to look someone in the face and say I swear to God everybody in the area is great uh, and I want you to hear from me that we will care for you so much and we will be with you the entire way through your treatment and that phrase that connection that rapport that is so much more powerful than all the peripheral stuff. And it goes the same way with anything, man. So like forget gifts to dentists, these muffin runs or lavish gifts. The truth be told is the dentists that you don't try to solicit, but you simply take great care of their patients, those are the ones that refer to you. It's uh -huh. the same things with patients too. If you really try to solicit to these patients and you, they come in and you try to like sell them and wow them, it doesn't work. You look them in the face and say, listen, this is my honest assessment. Let me explain why I feel this way. And whenever you're ready, we're ready for you. And I swear in my life, I will do everything I can until you are happy. And, 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 and that, that is all you need. It is not 
and then you else. have to back it up. I mean, I, like, I've got, been got, in your yeah, office, yeah, and, and, yeah. and you and your team, you you back you back it up. I mean, this is these are not empty words, right? I mean, no, I very, no, come on, man. I mean, people will sense it, right? It's, it's cool. yeah. you, you've been shopping. You you know when some when when the, when some when the salesperson's coming your way and you just cringe. No, no, we're, yeah. we're we're very honest, and and I will tell you, I'm not perfect. I'm very hard on myself. I make mistakes every day. I have just as many mistakes as the other person. Um, but but if we do make mistakes. Uh, even if it's not a physical mistake, if it's a rapport mistake, if we've somehow lost a connection, if it's a service mistake and we scheduled somebody, what all, all the things that happen in, in an office, we refund people. We, we, yeah. All you have is, is, is this relationship and we're very sensitive to making sure we're doing a good job. And it's, it's why, and this is we talked about how our wives think of us at work. It's why our spouses never truly get our exhaustion. It's not the, tre- <laughs> it's, it's not the treating of the patients that's exhausting. It's, it's really the constant desire to service our patients. Yeah. And, and that, that really is what's most exhausting. Absolutely. Neil, I want to circle back around. You, you mentioned momentum and actually I, I have had this, you, and you, you mentioned this concept of, you know, how could I not hear about your office? And about, I would say, like three months ago, I actually had like a mom say that to me for the first time. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I immediately thought of you. She was like, how could we not go here? Like our friend said this and this person. And, and it was like, it was like the greatest moment of my yeah. whole week when like someone said that to me. And I, and I was, I was like, yes. And I felt like it was awesome. But, but I mean, this concept of momentum, like, like how, how does that work? And, and, and what does well, that mean as opposed to just like normal goal setting or, sure, or, you know, sure. what, what, how, how does someone get, you know, in, in, so, into so, momentum? So, so how does that affect your decisions? You got to put your ego away. I mean, let's 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 be honest. We talk about prices, and it, it, we make terrible decisions in life based on pride and ego. Okay, I mean, I can't stress this enough for anybody who's going to be listening to this. We are we our own ego gets in the way. So so. So we have all had consultations with these 11-year-old girls who are such the life source of our practice because they will refer their friends. We will walk out of that consult and talk to our office manager and say, man, I just crushed this consult. Mom was jiving. The kid was jiving. I couldn't have done any better. I spoke well. I, I really felt a good connection. And, and, and to our surprise and our disappointment, that family doesn't choose us. And they don't choose us because that girl's best friend went somewhere else. And in today's day and age, the mom will ask the child where they want to go. And if the kid's best friend goes to Dr. X or Dr. Y, uh, it doesn't matter how well you did during the consult. So my point is once I realized that 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 was such a big part of the office, we see the power of not just that one start, but that one start brings 10, particularly with kids, maybe not so much for adults, but definitely with kids. And you've heard my line, girls are more important than boys, young is more important than old, near is more important than far. A young girl in your neighborhood is more important than an adult male 10 miles away. Right. So when we get these consults, it, it, the fee is not so much as important as it is starting that child. So, so people say, well, why, why should I take this insurance? They're only paying me, uh, I don't know, $4,000 for braces. Well, don't think about that one child and that cost per child. You think that that child has a sleepover party and has 20 friends 
all of those friends are going to go to the same orthodontist. So when you go onto Facebook and you follow along with your patients and you're, that mom is having a party and you see a photo of all those moms together taking a photo, they're talking about their orthodontist. And we get that and uh, the good and the bad, right? So if we don't have yep. a good day, that, the, the reverse is also true. But, but once we found out that it wasn't about the cost or 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 what 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 the the cost of treatment was there was such cost in not starting that person <laughs> uh because of what would happen um because we would lose their friends and their neighbors and their streets so so sometimes some consults are not about that consult but it's about that consults friends and that's where we get into other methods that you've heard me lecture on or sometimes we'll compliment the parent uh or, or their friends to kind of keep building momentum. So uh, momentum just rolls down the hill. That's why nothing is harder than that first year or that second year. And you know this, when you start your office, that first, second, third day of the month, they're critical because once you start getting this flow of patients starting, right? It's like baseball. You're not swinging too hard. You're not trying too hard on your shot. Everything is just going fluid. Your consult has less pressure in it when you're walking in there. Momentum is very critical. Never lose the mo once you get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never, never lose the mo. It's hard to recapture once you lose it. And once you have it, it's a feel in the office. It's a swagger. I can't explain it. And it's very powerful. It's, this is the place to be. And uh, we really try to create that. And you can only do it by seeing value in starting the patient and wanting to be the orthodontist versus what you think you should charge per patient. Because, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you'll see the patients that sometimes are your most vocal supporters, uh, the people who are the most wonderful are, are people that you have helped out tremendously. So, so, so along those lines, you know, I think people get the sense from you, maybe in your posts on Facebook of, of making the patient or the customer, whatever you want to call it, happy. And, and can you talk a little bit about that, like that delivering happiness, keeping yeah. that rapport and how, as you mentioned, sometimes our ego kind of gets in the way of yeah. our own success. Oh, yeah. That's my phrase, man. Get to happy. I, I tell you, there's nothing else you need to do. Get to happy, get to happy, get to happy. Sometimes getting to happy is going to mean uh, absorbing your own pride. Sometimes getting to happy is going to mean spending more than the patient even paid for treatment. Uh, every person will have different demands on you to get to happy. But it's really not about us. You know, I, it, it's, I talk to staff, if they have a, a moment where they're not as good as they need to be or there's a scheduling mistake, it's not about us, it's about that patient. And uh, we are always um, exhausting everything we can do on our end to make sure the person is happy because ultimately, how the person feels about us is how they will perceive us and how they perceive us is the only reality that they see. If somebody likes me, they will enjoy uh, the quality of work that I did. And no matter how good the quality of work that I do is, if someone has lost trust in me or lost rapport or is frustrated with me, 
they will see no value in what I did. Right? We've all delivered a forces and not explain to the parent what we did. Just set the kid on his way and have that parent call us like, what the heck did you just put in my child's mouth? And we want to say, no, 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 I did this thing. I did it for free. Everybody charges 500 bucks. I don't charge for it. Look yeah. at this great service I'm doing for you. But see, it's the perception. So that's where happiness comes. So my point is, if we under-deliver... Like, let's go, let's go to, let's give you some tangible examples here. So, so if a patient is waiting and they give you that frustrated look and you seat them, you can tell that for whatever reason, we didn't check them in pro- properly at the front desk or they are waiting more than 15 minutes and, and I'm really upset that they had this experience, I will send them flowers that arrived that day. Um, and we do this almost every day, right? We make mistakes or, or if, uh, for example, I know a child had a little bit of a difficult appointment. Maybe, maybe the putting in the expander was a little uncomfortable, or maybe the appointment was a little heavy-handed. Maybe we'll get them a little Amazon gift card that arrives, and tell or tell them how, how proud we are of them, or that type of stuff is very critical. So it's an ongoing thing. Rapport is really hard to get. And it's very easy to lose. It's, like it's trust, so easy right? to lose. And, so I mean, and, what I'm hearing yeah, is like yeah. any time that you kind of, because I have that, like, you know, that moment where you realize like, ooh, like th- this, like we're not having a good vibe here. Damn it, right? It's one of those yeah. things where it's just like, and. And, and then and, a lot of times yeah, I just yeah. like, sometimes I deal with it. I, I apologize. And, and occasionally I do the stuff that you're talking about. But then there's also sometimes where I'm just kind of like, I just want to push this feeling off to the side and like I get know. rid of yeah, it. But you're, you're well, like using it as a cue almost to be like. You ha- yeah, you, you have to confront that, it. And and it's so hard. Yeah, you have to confront it because it's going to happen. And thank God they're expressing it because the worst is the individual who doesn't express it and, and, and emotionally vomits on Yelp or Facebook or on these online review sites. So I call it Zoom focus, right? So we're talking about a lot of terms here. We talked about get to happy. We're talking about not losing momentum. Another term I love is called Zoom focus. Zoom focus is like these things are going on on my left, but this thing happening on my right is where I need to be. That's why staff doesn't understand it. I know these other three patients were waiting for me. But Miss Smith, I can look at her eyes. Oh boy, I got to yeah. come to Miss Smith right now. You can and, see it. And, and and you need your staff to help you on that. And you have to talk to them and train them. And I tell them, I say, uh, don't tell me that Miss Smith has been waiting and is unhappy. Tell me before she's unhappy. Does that make some sense to you? And yeah. those are the things that I need them to train. We talk about it, and they see that. And if customer service is important to you, it becomes important to them. And if it's not, they can't be with you because ultimately, ultimately, when you read these reviews, and we're very fortunate what people have written about us online, but when you read reviews on other colleagues and, and people who are really abusive to their orthodontists, these patients, they're not really talking about the quality of the smile. In fact, they never mention that. I'm sure everybody does these beautiful smiles. They're talking about the wait time. They're talking about uh, the, the cost of a lost retainer. They're talking about things that have nothing to do with the actual, uh, the, the actual quality of care. It's the service or, or all those other things. So we're very sensitive to it. It's a big part of our office and um, I I cannot stress it enough. Um, It's not about moving a lateral a tenth of a degree or adding mesial root. It's about how that patient feels and no matter what, you are at their mercy and if, if, if we resist it we have to then simply accept whatever aftermath could happen online. And, and what we want is we just simply do whatever. I, I always say it's like the Queen of Zamunda on, on uh, coming to America. It's like whatever you like, yeah. whatever you want, we're going to do. You yeah. know, and it's, it's hard on us. 
It's one that's um, that requires us to kind of absorb a lot of the abuse. Uh, yeah, we have to be flexible, and I think like our nature is like we want systems for everything. And when well, someone doesn't like fit into our system, sometimes it's like you, uh, you know, I, you know, my rule, uh, my rules are written in sand, right? You know, yeah. not stone, because like it, it is what it is, and we do the best we can, and and it, it, it's it, it, it's it's, but this is very much a service profession, right. and um, and uh, so we do the, we do the best we can with it. Uh, so again, yeah. I encourage people that if they have moments where they feel that they sense frustration, which is a very key uh, a, a, a key warning, or disappointment, or or or, or stress from an extra financial payment, or all these things, to handle it immediately. Yeah. The greatest thing you can do if someone was waiting and says, "I have to get to work. I was waiting a half hour," they're stressed. So you can say to them, listen, I, I am so sorry for this, or you know, I missed work for this appointment, and this is the only thing that was done. A classic example would be a broken bracket where the patient comes back and the staff member chooses not to rebond the bracket, which is a major mistake. Mm-hmm. The patient gets frustrated. I may refund that patient for that month's payment or whatever their time was worth that day, $200 or whatnot, and say, I'm so sorry. Your time is, is valuable to us. And, uh, I, I, and, and you have to apologize. I mean, I, you, know, yeah. it, it, you have to just simply look someone in the face and say, I care so much about you. I underperformed today. Give me one more chance, and, and, and then you get one more chance, and you're not going to get two. If someone waits yeah. 20 minutes and they talk to you, thank God they talk to you. But I've always, rem- I've always believed this. If someone is sharing their frustration with you, pray to Lord that day because thank God they're talking to you and not doing the opposite. It's yeah. the individual who doesn't share that with you and simply chooses to go elsewhere or simply tell or take their sibling elsewhere or, you know, thank God someone talks to you. All we yeah. want is for someone to talk to us about how we can be better. And if we really care, we'll make the changes needed to keep them in our practice. Absolutely. That's that's awesome. Neil, I'm going to circle back around to something else you said, uh, talking about our profession. And it seems like, you know, there are really these two kind of viewpoints that people have. You know, there's a zero-sum kind of mentality or this abundance mentality. And I think the easier path is is the guarded one. You know, it's 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 harder, I think, to be generous and share when you're worrying about competitors or critics or or whatever else. I mean, even for me starting this podcast, I'm, I'm a little bit awkwardly trying to share what little I can bring to the table. But but make the case, I guess, for for generosity in our profession. Yeah. Like what, yeah. like what 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 is your vision there? Well, so so let's talk about our area in Northern Virginia. We have about eight or nine orthodontists within about three to five miles. So uh, you know, and this is probably what it's like in every major suburb. I I always tell myself it's different, but I'm sure. Uh, San Francisco. I'm sure. I'm sure every place has an, a, an orthodontist every block. You know. So, but the truth is, they're all amazing, and they're all very, very busy, and we're all doing very well. And and so, the thing that I would tell you is, um, I there is without question enough patience, and I believe we are all as busy as we want to be. <laughs> Listen, we all have that side of us where we see a child at some type of charity event that we're doing or somebody, some child walking on the street and, and they're wearing braces and those are not our brackets and we have an ulcer saying, oh my God, how is this child not in the office with me? I can be giving a lecture in a different state and I will still look at a child in brackets and have that feeling going, this is the silliest feeling. We have yeah, I get yelled at by my yeah, wife when we're out to yeah, dinner. Yeah, She's got, I know. you know. I know, and, and it's that nature, but you have to resist this, guys, and you have to because... 
I will tell you, uh, um, I have made mistakes that I'm so sad about in life when I just le left residency and I would, I would be hard on another orthodontist treatment plan. And I, and I will tell you, in life if you are the bully, you will then experience what it's like to be bullied. Because I, I, I have had cases, um, you know, the cases that I, that I wish that, that were either great or wish were better, honestly. And uh, we've all had those and go into another office and yeah. doctors have used that to take advantage uh, of us. And um, I have said that I am much happier when I am helping out other doctors. And we don't even, at the point now where I, I won't even come close to, to doing anything uh, negative or inappropriate to another doctor. And whether it's reciprocated or not, it's the way to live life. It is the ethical way to do it. It needs to be taught in residency. Uh, the problem is we, we start with these, these, these case reviews in the morning and we are trained <laughs> to tear people apart That's and brutal, before, yeah. re before residents know anything. Yeah. Think about this. Think about how little you know as a resident, but you yeah. learn really early to go into attack mode. So yeah. I, I want everyone listening to remember this. When you see someone else's case come into your office, before you say the first 10 things you don't like, Start looking at 10 things that you do like. Maybe they're doing something creatively with bracket positioning that you don't do. I love learning about different appliances or different activation techniques because you know, I may use a very traditional approach, but somebody may use a, uh, some, a, new, a, new, a different type of retainer or a different type of class. You know, so I, I think we really have to make sure we are cautious with our critique and uh, we do it, we critique, we shake our head, we huff and puff, we do it to show expertise. But truth be told, I have never lost a case where I have bragged about the previous orthodontist. Okay, yeah. and, and it, it, patients feel comforting. I've had doctors, Lance, throw me under the bus on cases that have transferred who were in their initial wire. <laughs> and I told the doctor, I said, I haven't done anything. I saw the patient right. for two visits yeah uh, so, so there's I, not like there's there's not being negative about other doctors but you know you're, you're kind of taking it to another level here in terms of your openness and your willingness to share clinical business mindset no, i mean you worry it's the same that, you know stuff, you're giving man. away no. your secret sauce here no man it's the same stuff because those who share because because look at all the stuff that i've learned from you and derek and 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 ben and anil and 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 i will tell you it is the the small fish who blocks who blocks the paint with the elbows out, man. And it is the the whale who says, you know what? I'm gonna share because you know when I when I put a post right on like something that I just want to share about, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to come across like I'm an expert at this. I'm just I just like to share something. But the reality is is that the responses and others' interpretation of that method and their different technique I learn from. So it's just to kind of start a conversation. And I, we really, just like I needed to reprogram when I left the corporation and I needed to kind of maybe work less fast and kind of re, regain um, uh, uh, my commitment toward uh, perfect quality of care, um, I really want people to, to, to really resist that competitive nature to them, not competitive in terms of being successful, but I'm talking about competitive at the expense of another, right? Listen, yeah. we should all, you are as, when that consult walks into your office, you had your chance. Be positive, be supportive, be great, and you know what, the other doctor up the street, 
is as good as you are. <laughs> they are as good as you are. So we love, so sharing on Facebook is the same as being positive to another in a consultation room. And the, you know you, the, that core value has to come across. And I will tell you, um, our profession does not teach it. We need to really uh, help doctors become that way because um, because ultimately, um, you know, we are going to need the support of others. You go Absolutely. on these Facebook forums, think of how much our practice has improved being on ortho exchange or pragmatics or pro-ortho. How many times you're like, oh my God, I, I'll tell you, Jeff Kozlowski, who I just love, he posted a surgical case that he did. And I told him, I sent him a private message and said, Jeff, I, I had this exact case, you know, 10 years ago and I treated it with surgery, but I did it this method. And I never quite got the result that I wanted. And of course, I should have used your mechanics on this technique. And I now have this, this memory in my mind. The moment this patient walks in my door, I know how to treat this case. And I, I can't stress how valuable that is. So yeah. um, That's, been, that's know, been for me one of the best things, I think, over the last couple of years of my practice is you know, being able to interact with orthodontists who are open and sharing. On, we, and, we go and, to I meetings. Mean, and shake our head no. Um, yeah. I, I, sometimes I give a lecture and I, I start talking about accepting insurance or being affordable or thinking outside the box and everyone's shaking their head no. And I'm like, wait a minute, don't come to this meeting then. Just do your own thing. <laughs> yeah. like, I, like, truth be told, you have to resist that side of you that is, I keep going back to that residency critiquing case review where it's like huffing and puffing and no. Actually, there's so many great ways to do stuff and if you keep if you keep this 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 philosophy that says listen man i i don't know everything um, i'm i'm eager to improve so the only thing you need to do in life is self-reflect and improve my way is not the only way exactly. the other guy's way is not the only way and uh, but but i i think our profession and maybe maybe other people do it too but for a medical profession Maybe plastic surgeons do it to each other. I'm sure they do. But for, <laughs> for, 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 for a medical dental profession to critique others in the spirit of competition and academic supremacy will, will, will not only bring down bad karma to their practice, it will literally lead to other people getting, get, getting potentially legal trouble. And it's right. very sad. It's very inappropriate. And I will tell you, the, the great ones never have to do it. Yeah. Okay, I've got one last question for you here, uh, which is... How am I doing? Am I doing okay? You're, do, you're killing not... it, Neil. You're killing it. This is <laughs> it took great. me a while this... to warm up. took me a while. No, you're feeling it. All right. Um, no, I mean, our listeners, are, I mean, everyone's going to love this interview. This, you're just giving oh. so much good stuff here. But, but suppose someone listens to this and okay. says, oh, man, I heard Neil. I'm so pumped up. I'm so inspired by this, by this interview. I want to go back to my office. I want to make this change in my mindset and my culture. And then they have to face their team and they, yeah. and they have to communicate that and they have to be a leader. How do you do that? I mean, how do you yeah. translate your own kind of inspiration and enthusiasm and, and, yeah. and empower other people to do that? Everyone has to be on board, man. So, so, so I always say culture will trump any manual that you create. So this is something that we have to reinforce. So, so, so for example, you can't ask your staff to do things if you won't do them yourself. Don't, don't, you know, you can't ask your staff to be professional 
if you are being unprofessional. If, if you, you can't ask your staff to act a certain way, if you are making uh, vulgar jokes or acting inappropriately, or then you can't ask your staff to, to have, you, you have to, you have to embody this. So I think my staff truly feels how much I care and they certainly feel how disappointed I am if we fail on that. And I cannot stress this enough. Do not hire uh, people based on their orthodontic experience. Hire nice, hardworking people with dental experience and train them orthodontics. And if you have people who, who are not um, um, really sharing the same vision, you have to have them find a different place to work. Um, yeah. So talk to people, talk to your staff, tell them what you need. If something is a failure or a mistake, let them know immediately. If they can't handle that conversation, it's okay, then this isn't the place for you. I've had my same team forever and we keep growing and I, I've been very fortunate that I've had this incredible, you know, 80 or so, 80% of our staff has been retained for almost 10 years, I mean, a remarkable number. Um, and we do it because I think they know how much I love them and how much I care. But I will tell you something, we, 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 we talk about things, we nip things in the bud. Um, I, here's, what, here's what I want people to get from this, 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 kind of, uh, this podcast, we can kind of sum this up. All right? Be affordable, be genuine, be honest in the consultation. Be honest. An overbite does not mean they have to, to start treatment today or the sky falls down. Maybe an ectopic tooth, I get that. But a 50% overbite is a 50% overbite. Mm -hmm. Life goes on, okay? If you rock phase one, the greatest console in the world is where you tell the parent, listen, this looks great. You can do phase two if you want. And you don't have to if you don't want to. That parent will love you for life. Be honest. Be casual. Uh, show integrity. Show integrity. Show integrity. Um, that's a huge part. Okay, remember the power of momentum in your office. Okay, put your ego away. You know, I, I remember giving a lecture and I remember being in Chicago, an area where there's, uh, there's incredible affluence in the suburbs. And I said, how many of you would do braces today for $4,000? And everybody laughed and scoffed. Well, that's what's happening with these corporations. So there is incredible value to saying, well, you know what? Maybe, you know, it's not what you think you're worth. I'm, today's Sunday. I came in on Sunday and saw people. I think I'm worth much more than I charge, but that's, I don't set the fees. Mm -hmm. So I, I, so put your ego away, help people understand the power of momentum. And if, if you err, if you err because you, uh, could do better work or, or something has relapsed, or maybe you failed in service, you fix that problem. Orthodontically, if I see a case that I could touch up or fix, I will do complimentary braces or complimentary Invisalign. I will retreat. I will do whatever it takes to get to happy because I was their orthodontist and I believe I'm committed to them. And that's my philosophy. I understand people may have different. And if you have awesome. aired, if you've erred in terms of like a, a customer service aspect, whether they've been waiting or they're getting frequent brackets or they had a difficult appointment with a particular assistant, you call them that day, you send them an email, you send them flowers, you, you do something to let them know that they are just not patient 75 out of 120 at your office and you are very concerned about their feelings. And I will tell you, it's not just about responding. It's about personal and immediate response. And all of this 
is about rapport. And I tell you, if you have strong rapport with people, if you have strong rapport with anything in life, the world is very forgiving of your mistakes and they will give you time to correct them. And if you have no rapport, it doesn't matter what you're doing well, uh, it will be perceived in a negative light. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Well, Neil, this has been unbelievable. I'm like going to immediately go back and like listen to this whole interview again, uh, just to to soak it up myself. And, I, and I'm sure everyone's going to get a ton out of this. Thank you so much for, for coming you, on our show. If people have questions for you, is is the best oh, way to go yeah. Facebook yeah. or fa- fa- Facebook private message is great. Like just it's the messenger, you know. So just Facebook is great. Email just my first and last name at Gmail. Neil Kravitz, one word at Gmail. But Facebook's great too. And I'm always here. I. I cannot stress this enough. I, I'm very uh, self-reflecting of, of, of how I could be better, and, and I will share everything, and I, and I hope, I hope um, I'm able to, to help others in well, a way I that this, I... Yeah, I think this interview, I mean, the, the value you've delivered here is just is amazing. So Thank, thank you, man. You so thank, thank, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it, Lance. All right. Have a great day, Neil. Okay, bye. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that amazing interview with Dr. Neil Kravitz. I'm so honored and excited that he was our first guest and feel that he delivered some incredible content. So I'd encourage you to go back, listen to the episode again, jot down notes on anything that sticks out to you and try to apply it in your practice. I'm looking for suggestions or for future guests. If you have any or would like to be interviewed yourself, shoot me an email at lance at elevateorthopodcast.com. And to continue the discussion from today's interview or to ask Neil a question, Join our Facebook group, Elevate Orthodox Podcast. Have an awesome week, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on iTunes or visit our website at elevateorthopodcast.com. Tune in next week for another great episode. 